Radio Theater, starring Van Daly and Mitzi Gaynor in Mother War Tights. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Irving Cummings. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to start the new year with a song. In fact, the song hits from Mother War Tights, one of 20th Century Fox's best musicals and one of our 20 greats. And as our stars, Dan Daly in his original role, and Mitzi Gaynor. These two fine artists are starring in another 20th Century Fox picture about a vaudeville family. Irving Berlin's There's No Business Like Show Business. And they will join me later for a preview of this Cinemascope production. My mother. There she is, sitting in the rocking chair on the front porch. That sweet, that gentle old lady. She's beautiful. Even another sweater her father. Seeing her like this, who'd ever dream that mother ever behaved like one like this? when she sang that song on stage. Good heavens, Mother, how could you? And there on the porch is Daddy, the cutest old darling in the world, asleep in his chair, his eyeglasses pushed up on his forehead, and the Sunday funny papers spread over his lap. Dad's the quiet type. I just can't imagine him out there on the stage in those baggy pants and a putty nose. Falling some furby, I rise at ten thirty and fall like a top. I walk down the string with my gloves on my hands and I walk down a guy in the ball. I'm all earth and glaciers, collect these papers. Without food so long, I forgot where my face is. I'm burnt, burnt. I haven't a shirt, but my people are well off, you know. <laughs> Nearly everyone knows me from Sister Lord Rosemary. I'm Burlington, Bertie from Bell. <laughs> understand how Mother happened to wear tights. Let's go back some 40 years to when Mother graduated from high school. The next afternoon, she and a couple of friends went downtown. But girls, I don't want to be a telephone operator. I'd rather be dead. Why, Bessie Flammerhammer. Well, I would. Anyhow, it beats what I'm going to be doing, standing on my feet all day selling underwear. At least you'll be in college, Myrtle. <laughs> Business college. You know, we're awfully early for my appointment at the telephone company. Well, let's just window shop. We could go to a matinee. A show? Why not? My cousin Bubba sells tickets at Waller's Opera House. He said any time I wanted to go, he'd let me in for nothing. Oh, let Bessie let. <laughs> And 
These are my girlfriends, Bubba, Myrtle McKinley and Alice Spiegel. How do you do? How do you do? Well, we thought, that is, you always said if I came over to the opera house, Bubba, you'd let me in free, so I... I never got... said anything about your whole school, did I? Oh, please, Bubba. Oh, well, but if Mr. Waller ever catches me... If I... Mr. Waller ever catches you doing what? <laughs> oh, uh, nothing, Mr. Waller. Handing out free tickets, huh? Oh, no, Mr. Waller. They, they uh, just wanted to know if they could get jobs with the show oh. in, uh, in the chorus. Chorus, huh? All right, girls, follow me. We'll toss this over in my office. Oh. Well? Well, we're coming, Mr. Waller. Don't look too bad. And let me see your leg. Oh, no, no, no! <laughs> <laughs> well, ain't you scared, too? No, sir. My legs? Hmm. <laughs> kind of nice. the lead in our high school operetta. I'm a dancer. Oh, fine. Your folks know about this? My parents are dead. I live with my grandma. How much do you want a week, sister? Would $10 be all right? I was going to offer you 15 but just to teach you a lesson, 10 bucks it is. All right, come on. Oh, my. Well, that's how Mother got on the stage. The headliner at Waller's Opera House was a good-looking, brass young fellow named Frank Burt. Frank was a singing comedian. As a comedian, well, today we'd call Frank's act awfully corny. Those ridiculous costumes he wore and the laughs he'd get by falling in the bass drum or getting hit over the head. But in all days, he really killed the people. Take December and smile it in the maze. And then December comes back again when you're away. Who has the charm the very feel do? Who makes life necessary? Oh, you do. Help to take my dreams and make my dreams come true. Oh, don't give me three guesses or I will do. Sell that Juju number, Frankie. Yeah, what's wrong with my Burlington Birdie routine? <laughs> hey, girls, girls. Any of you, uh, forgive the expression, are cheap, want to speak in part in my Paris blackout next week? <laughs> All right, but I need a girl who speaks French. French? What is it, a character part? Go away. I can speak a little French, Mr. Bird. You can, huh? Well, you're that new kid, ain't you, sweetheart? Uh-huh. All right, let me hear you read this line. Voulez-vous paillez largant ou garcon? Hey, that's... Well, you're going to do fine. We'll have a bite to eat after the show, and I'll run through the business with you. The and you business can... is right. By the way, what's your name? Myrtle McKinley. Anyone ever tell you you got the prettiest... Eyes? Uh... Yeah, we've heard that approach. Yeah, well, in your case, sweetheart, I really mean eyes. All right, you ready for your next number? Come on, I'll... at the stage at this Myrtle right after the show.
So Mother got her start in Frank Burt's Vaudeville act. A couple of months later, the company tipped in to give Frank a birthday party. He had rushed out right after the show, and while they all waited for him to come back, Mother decided to do an imitation of Frank singing Burning Converti. Now, quiet, quiet, everybody. Myrtle's going to hand you a laugh. Here you are, honey. Here's his monocle and cane. Let's go. Bertie, I rise at 10.30 and saw for a while like a top. I walked down the strand with me gloves on the end, and I walked down a going with them all. I'm all else and great to correct easy paces without boots along. I forgot where my face is. I'm burnt, burnt. I wasn't a foot, but my people are well off, don't you know? Nearly when everyone knows me from Smith to Lord Rosebey, I'm burning and burning from both. <laughs> <laughs> okay, children, let her rest. You can start this simply because Papa's back. Well, it's about time you showed up, Frank. In case you forgot, this party's for you. And boy, did you miss something just now. Myrtle, huh? Kind of stealing my thunder, ain't you, Myrtle? Well, anyway, folks, today's my birthday. You all showered me with lavish gifts of your esteem and gratitude, so what can I do but return the compliment? All right, Eddie, bring on the present. Why not? Here, yeah, Helen, this is for you. And that big box, that's for you, Mrs. Miller. And this is for you, Al. Can you beat it, Myrtle? Can't even let people give them a birthday party without trying to top them. Oh, I think it's sweet. Hey, you're not falling for that big show-off, are you? Of course not. But he is kind of nice. Look, Mert, I've seen dozens of guys like Frank Burt. Look at the way he throws his dough away. You'd think he was a millionaire. He says that's all part of the act. But you've got to put up a front. Look, honey, you're just playing dumb if you let yourself fall for a hoofer. And how are you, Sarah Bernhardt? Still tossing the bustle into the side row? I'm dying laughing. There's a present for you over there. Aren't you curious? Remember what I said, Myrtle. Some new red flannel, sweetheart. You can throw yourself in for the winter. <laughs> you mad at me, friend? Sure I'm mad. Who told you to do Burlington Birdie? That's my number. I guess it was my own idea. Yeah? Well, you were great. When'd you pick it up? I've had to watch you for eight weeks, haven't I? Yeah, and I've been watching you, too. You know something, Mert? You've got more talent in your little finger than all these crows put together. That's very nice of you. As a matter of fact, I got a funny notion we might do pretty good as a double. A double? Sure, you and me together. You know, a team. You really think I could? I think we'd knock them cold. <laughs> I, I just don't know what to say. Well, then don't say anything. Just keep it under your hat leave it to me. We'll work something out together, see, and then we'll spring it on the bar. Well, what do you say? Is it a deal? It's a deal. Oh, my. In a few weeks, Mother's name was on the posters in the lobby. Frank Burt assisted by Myrtle McKinley. Though, of course, you had to look twice to find it. There was another man in there, show who was very fond of Mama, Roy Divins. Roy kept telling her she was crazy to let Frank get away with it. But she really made his act. But that's not so, Roy. Frank's a star, and I'm nobody. Besides, it's his act, and it was his idea. But you're established now, Myrtle. Here's your chance to go places. And, well, I could help you, Myrtle. The 
But Mother kept shaking her head no, because as far as she was concerned, she'd already gone places. One night, she and Frank went to an Italian restaurant for supper. The bunch from the opera house were used to seeing Frank Burt walk in with a pretty girl, but somehow, this was different. They were wise, even if he wasn't, that Mother had set her heart not on seeing her name in life, but on seeing just how soon she could bring Frank Burt around to hopping that all-important question. Good evening, Senor Burr. You, 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 you know, my father, he is a Dutchman. He hates the theater. Ach, what kind of a business is this? A pencil, a jiggle. Oh. Listen, and speaking of jigging, kid, I've been working on a new routine. How about meet me in the theater in the morning? Frank, I'm not sure I'm going to stay in the show. Roy Bivens is going into a new musical comedy, and he says he can get me a job. Oh, he does, does he? Of course, I don't want to quit, but... Well, I mean, just because you gave me my start is no reason why we should have to stay shackled together. I, I, as though we were shackled together like people who are shackled. <laughs> who said anything about being shackled? Say, so you're not falling for what a tenor tells you, are you? I didn't say I was falling for it. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, well, of course, I'd hate to lose you. You would? Well, Sure. Well, Joe's breaking in a new partner. Oh. Uh, maybe you would make a big name for yourself. Yeah, maybe Roy Bivens is right. That rat. And then you think I should go? Well, you got to think of yourself. But if anything goes wrong, you can always come back. Thanks. There's one thing I want to get clear, though. This business between you and Roy Bivens is all business, isn't it? No monkey business, no... Funny business, just business business. What's that to you? Nothing. I was just thinking about you. Thinking about me? You never thought about anybody in your whole life excepting the great Frank Burt. Now, what makes you say that? What do you care about a partner anyway? Just somebody to dance with. I wasn't really going with Roy, but now I am. I'm sick of being taken for granted. Go on. Get yourself a new partner. You can teach that new routine to her. What's got into you? Some sense at last, which is more than you'll ever have. Now, wait a minute, Myrtle. Put down that plate. Myrtle! So, Mother went away with the new show, her own act, singing and dancing. Oh, Frank missed her all right, but he went right on alone, doing the same old numbers in the same old way. And to the delight of the same old audience. Oh, I understand that very few do. Who makes life necessary, you do. And who can take my dreams and make my dreams come true. Don't give me straight guesses, what will be. One night, 
night, when Frank finished his act with the usual cartwheel into the wings and returned to the dressing room, he found someone waiting for him. Lionel! Well, I thought you were in Los Angeles. What happened? The show fold up? Oh, the show's doing fine. Your tenor didn't start breathing down your neck, did he? Not quite. But he asked me to marry him. Griffins asked you to marry him? Well, what's wrong with that? Some people do get married, you know. Well, what did you say? I told him I'd have to think it over. Oh. Frank. Yeah? You might as well know what really happened. Last week, the producer was watching me rehearse my dance. It has some of your steps in it. Oh, it has, huh? Well, in fact, it's practically the same dance that... that except that I do it alone. The producer didn't like it. Well, come on. Don't be ashamed. I want to know the worst. Well, Roy said, well, she really does it. Of course, this is just a rehearsal. <laughs> is that all? Is that all? Why, well, I wanted to go right through the floor. Frank, I was doing my very, very best. I was dancing the way I always did with you. I don't know what was wrong. I do. Look, Myrtle, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but when you dance with me, well, what I mean is when, when we dance together... Yes, Frank? Well, when we dance together, it's just different. How different, Frank? I don't know. It, we hit it off. Maybe we ought to stick together. You know, shackles. Married. Frank. Yeah, well, it's an idea, isn't it? I'll work on it. <laughs> You'll work on it? Yeah. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have come back. Humiliating myself. Take it easy, Myrtle. I'll, I'll show you. You let me out of here. Yes, I'll... what? Help! Help! Cut it out, will you? Let go of me, you... I'd have known you were going to behave like this. I never would have Help! proposed to you in the first place. I'll give oh, you a kiss. Oh, Frank, if you don't... All right, I'll take one. Frank Burke, you let me. And another one. Frank Burke, And you... another. Mrs. Frank Burke. Oh, my. Oh. And so they were married, Mother and Frank Burke. After the honeymoon, they went on the road with their new vaudeville act. Dear old two-a-day. Town after town, month after month, show after show, but always giving the audience everything oh, they had. what a moon. For all of the many reasons that I've mentioned heretofore. My heart will always be in Kokomo. And of course, you know, the town of Kokomo will always be geographically indefinitely indubitably in The new act was going over so well, Dad said they might even hit Broadway. If suddenly, Mother hadn't announced that she was going home to Grandma because of, well, I believe the term is an act of God. Mert! Mert, you're kidding. Oh, I am, am I? You think this was the first time anybody ever had a baby? Let's quit, Mert. We'll take a long vacation, huh? No kid of mine is going to be born in front of a backdrop. Darling, I'm not going to take just a vacation. I'm going to quit. For good. Why, Myrtle McKinley. Oh, I want my baby to have a home and a mother to take care of. Yeah, but Myrtle. You can get a dozen partners as good as I am. 
Christmas. Frank, it's been wonderful together. But this is going to be even more wonderful. We'll be the papa. We'll let you work and make the money to send home. Oh, darling, this is what I've wanted all of my life. And from now on, please, just let me be the mama. Sure, honey. Just so you'll be happy. Gosh. Frank Burt Jr. Yes, Frank Jr. it was to have been. But under the circumstances, Mother thought that Iris would be a little more appropriate. Three years later, it was going to be Frank Jr. for sure. But again, under the circumstances, Mother thought Miriam would be more suitable. They compromised on calling me Mikey. We lived in Chicago then, Grandma, Mother, Iris, and I, and in between seasons, Dad. One day, I guess I was about to... It's a telegram, Myrtle. Why on earth did they ever invent these things? Scaring a body half out of their wits. Well, open it, open it. You, Grandma, you open it. Oh, heavenly praise, Myrtle. At least the man's not dead. It's from Frank. Yes. I can't get a woman to replace Dolly. Meet me in Albany tomorrow. Will we? Yes. But, but the children. I can't just pack up and leave. The children won't starve. Besides, the idea of a married man traveling all over the country with a woman named Dolly. Grandma, she's just part of his ass. And you're his wife, and a wife's place is with her husband. But, honey, I've given up the stage. I haven't sung a note in six years, and it's for dancing. If your dress is short enough, they'll never worry about your singing and dancing. <laughs> now, take a move The inevitable happened. Once Mother was back in the act again, she couldn't quit. It was in her blood. Meanwhile, we were growing up, Iris and I. 
I remember the December when I was ten years old. Mother and Dad were booked in Boston. And this was going to be our very first Christmas apart. What's wrong with you, Mikey, dear? Is it a cold you've got? No, Grandma. Oh, Grandma. Oh, there, there, child, I know, I know. But think of all the fun we'll be having at Christmas. Fun, Grandma? About Mother and Daddy? Why did they have to take a booking for Christmas week? Why? Yes. The theaters close on Christmas. Oh, come now, girl. Just remember this. Dear Santa Claus. Santa Claus. We'll send him a letter. Who knows what the good man will do when the facts are set before him. Grandma, what do you mean? Never mind what I mean. Boston, is it, huh? Parker House Hotel, Boston. Of course, it's from the children, Frank. But the box says, do not open until Christmas. Well, it'll be Christmas in one hour, and if you think I'm going to wait... Ah, oh, look. From Mikey. Merry Christmas to my father. A fine school these kids are going to. Look at that merry M-E-R-Y. <laughs> Mark, look. It's a painting. Just what I needed. Frank? Yeah. Listen. To my wonderful mother. There is no other like my mother. Her wine-tinted lips, her raven hair. Since when? Her beautiful arms. How I wish I was there. Oh, Oh, honey, remember what you promised me. I'm not crying. <clears throat> Who is it? I'll go, Mark. Iris! Mikey! Mikey, you monkeys! How did you ever yeah, what happened? Look at him, Mark. Take a look at him. Well, it was all Grandma's idea. She made us like Santa Claus, but we wanted more. I just can't believe you're really here. Oh, Mother... Honey, what happened to your clothes? You looked like you slept in them. We did. We were afraid to take them off. You were afraid we might not know when we got to Boston. <laughs> oh, Mother, your presents. You've opened them before Christmas. Oh, I know, dear, but... Well, we couldn't wait. Oh, it was all my fault. I just... Oh, no. Daddy. All our presents for you and Mikey we sent them to Chicago. Not even a Christmas tree for our children. We don't mind, Mother, honestly. All we want is to be with you. Frank, Frank, where are you going? Honey, it's almost midnight. Everything will be closed. I'm surprised at you. I'm Santa Claus. I use chimneys. Poor Dad. He looked everywhere, but no presents. But he did come back with a Christmas tree. Yes, I bet we had the most expensive Christmas tree in Boston. It cost $100. $50 to the people and a $50 fine. Father had chopped it down on somebody's lawn. Mother always had one weakness. She could never resist a travel folder. Every summer, she'd decide we needed a complete change of environment. And one year, she selected the most fashionable and, according to the travel folder, the gayest of all summer resorts, Berkshire Highlands. I remember how excited we were as we walked into the hotel lobby, Daddy doing that cute little jig of his. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. I'm Frank Bird. I made reservations for four. Count them. One, two, three, four. 
Oh, yes, Mr. Burt. Will you sign the register, please? What's the matter? Death in the family? <laughs> I beg your pardon, sir? When do we view the remains? <laughs> Don't the guests ever do anything here or say anything? Well, our guests seem to like the lobby, sir. They sit in the rocking chairs and rock. Sometimes they say good morning. Well, now, that's right broad-minded of me. <laughs> Boys, show the birds to their rooms, please. Murph. Hmm? Dead pan alley. Now, Frank, these places are always much livelier at night. Come along, children. Here's the elevator. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I, I must have tripped getting out of the elevator. Well, don't break your neck, kid. You'll never get any laughs on this joint. <laughs> In a sense, Mother was right. It was gayer at night. At night, they turned on the lights. Our first evening, we were sitting in the lobby along with all the other guests when Father had what he thought was a brilliant idea. Come on, let's go over to the piano. Maybe we can liven this joint up a little. That's a good idea. Mother, everybody's looking at us. Can't spend an actor's not want to be looked at. <laughs> You're right, kid, especially at these prices. <laughs> How about Charla? Good. Hit it, Mart. <laughs> Let's go down and look at the fish pond. Oh, who cares about goldfish? I'm going to bounce my ball. I... Well, no wonder. Look who's there. Who? As if you don't know. That boy who fell out of the elevator. Oh, that is Bob, isn't it? Mikey, darling, must you play with that silly old ball all the time? Iris, you deliberately knocked that ball out of my hand. Be quiet. Oh, is this your ball? Oh, thank you. It belongs to my little sister here. Thanks. You see, we have a silly old bet that she can't bounce it a hundred times without missing, haven't we, darling? No. Now, Mikey, dear, you run along and play. You want to know something? Me? Well, sure. Iris loves to bounce it, too. I'm so sorry. You know how children are at that age. Are you, uh, 
Enjoying it here, Miss, uh... Birch. Iris Birch. Oh, yes. Father and Mother were just remarking what a heavenly spot this is. They even said we might stay here all summer. Miss what's happened down there? Oh, no, it's Mikey. It's my sister. She's hurt herself. Are you sure you're all right, Mikey? How do you feel, darling? Oh, I'm fine now, Mother. What happened? Apparently, you were climbing a tree, and you fell on your head. Did I get a laugh when I fell? <laughs> you couldn't make this bunch of long hairs laugh if you broke your neck. Frank, I've had all I can stand. Let's start packing. Mother. I'm not going to have our whole vacation ruined by staying here with these stick in the mud. I know why Iris doesn't want to go. Tristella. You hush up, Mikey. What fellow? Well, Bob Parkman, of course. Certainly you've noticed her disgusting behavior. Mother, Bob's not at all like the others. Really, he isn't. Well, I'm not staying here to find out. His mother and father are in Europe, and he had to come here with his old tutor, and I... Come in. Mr. Burke? No! Well, I told you I'd faint if anybody here ever spoke to me. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Snyder and I, well, we just thought we'd inquire how your little girl is. That was quite a fall. Oh, yeah. He was so frightened. Oh, well, Mikey's fine, thank you. Not just a school. Looks like you're leaving, Mrs. Burke. Packing your bag? I'll say we are. Oh, we were in hopes you'd stay and help give this place a little life. Oh, sure, please. We seen you the other night in the lobby. The piano, oh, and the singing. You see, the, the folks here, well, uh, we've all been coming here so long and doing nothing. I guess we've just sort of dried up. Oh, Mother, please stay. Oh, sure, Mrs. Burt. We are all dried out. We all have such good times together. You help us, yeah? Singing, dancing, yeah? Well, what do you say, Mert? We've played the supper audiences and this never walked out on them. Well, kids. Yes. I guess we say. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. We stayed a whole month at Berkshire Highlands. And with father and mother taking over, everybody had a wonderful time. Mother's faith in her travel folders was triumphantly restored, and even father admitted it was the gayest of all summer resorts. Iris spent most of her time with that rich Clarkman boy. The night before we left, I overheard mother and father in the next room. Frank? Frank, are you still awake? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Frank, I've been thinking about Iris. About her future. What future? Oh, about the kind of people she goes with. Things like that. Yeah, what's wrong with the people she's been with? Oh, nothing, except, well, I was wondering if maybe we haven't been a little selfish. What? Selfish? Making the children lead our kind of life. What do they want now? The trouble with those kids is they've had too much. Are you trying to say our girls are spoiled? You didn't know it? Frank Burt. <laughs> of all the sweet, normal, unspoiled okay, children. Okay, okay, skip it. 
Well, now for one thing, there's school. They go to school? I was thinking maybe about a a, a boarding school. And after that, college. <laughs> if Mikey makes college, I'll eat my sombrero. <laughs> the stage is all right for us, dear. We love it. But they're entitled to meet nice young girls and boys their own age who are interested in other things, like, well, like books and things like that. All right. We'll give them a book. Two books, one for each. Oh, Frank, you're just being stubborn. Iris is growing up. She's beginning to think about boys. Are you talking about that wobbly-legged goof that looks like he's going to break into a run every time you look at him? He's not a goof. Bob's a wonderful boy. He's a goof. I'll bet if I said boo to him, he's... Don't you dare. Would you mind telling me what we're fighting about? Oh, go to sleep, darling. We'll talk about it when we get home. Okay. Well, they did talk it over. And as usual, Mother allowed Dad to convince her that she'd been right all along. The following September, our hearts and our throats, they enrolled Iris and me in Miss Ridgway's exclusive boarding school for young ladies. And just remember, darlings... We'll be back to visit the very first chance we can. You're darn tootin'. Don't forget about hanging up your clothes. And do be good girls. We will, Mother. Yeah, and bear down on your algebra. After all, look how well I speak it. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Daddy. Goodbye. Daddy. Goodbye, honey. Goodbye. <laughs> when Easter vacation came, Iris and I took the train. I was to join Mother and Father in Pittsburgh, and Iris was to come on later. She and some other girls from school, and Bob Cartman and some other boys from college, were all going to Westchester. The Cartmans were giving a weekend house party, and naturally Bob invited Iris. After a couple of hours on the train, Bob produced the ukulele. All right, Iris, you're the singer in our mid. How about a song? Well, how about swinging down the lane? Wonderful. Go ahead, Iris. Just about then, a man and woman came through the car. They were theatrical people, all right. And maybe they had a little too much to drink. Anyway, when they heard the singing, they joined right in. Ah, <laughs> Ed, you fool, you. 
<laughs> Say, kid, you know something you can say. Oh, I, I can't really. Oh, the heck you can't. Well, kids, we'd like to say, but we've got to get off the next stop. Yeah, you know how these trains are. They don't stop in these towns long enough to get your breath. <laughs> Especially in these courses. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, so long, everybody. Oh, don't you waste it. We wouldn't. Oh, well, you're a fool. <laughs> Boy, were they hams. Imagine barking in on us like that. Did you ever hear that you laugh in your life and that makeup? Why do all actors have to be such show-offs? I don't know, but they all are. I saw the look that came over Iris's face. A look that said, not that Mother and Dad were like that couple, but they were actors. And not the kind of people you talked about when you were with girls from Miss Midgeway School and boys from Harvard. Some months later, Iris and I had an unexpected telegram. Well, go on, Iris. Finish reading it. It says, we've been keeping it a great secret, but now you can know. Dad and I have arranged a booking in the very town where your school is. Mikey, they're going to play here. Oh, boy, that's wonderful. But they can't, Mikey. They mustn't. Iris. You're ashamed for them to come. Well, I'm not. That's not it at all. Just that... Oh, why do they have to spoil everything? You are ashamed. Ashamed of Mother and Daddy. Oh, Iris. Come in. Mother. Hello, darling. Mother, what are you doing here? Your telegram says... Next week, I know. But Mikey wired us that you weren't feeling well. Did Daddy come too? Yes. He'll be in to visit later. Oh, nothing, Mother. I just don't feel well. Iris, I know what it is. Mikey did this. Mikey told you. Mikey loves you, dear. She only did what she thought was best. Oh, I wish I'd never come here. But you've loved it here. I hate it. You think your friends will stop liking you because your mother and father are on the stage? Oh, Mother, it's not that. It's not you and Daddy. You're the sweetest people in the whole world. But people on the stage are not as refined as your friends. Is that it? Oh, I wish you could see some of their homes and how their fathers and mothers... Like Bob's father and mother? They're so nice, Mother, and, and dignified. They want me to visit them again and... Oh, Mother, you don't hate me, oh, do you? Of course not, darling. You know I love you and Daddy. Yeah, I know. Don't worry, dear. We'll figure it out some way. Now, get dressed. You don't want Daddy to see you looking like a ghost, do you? Sure, it's all right if we take the kids out for dinner, Miss Ridgway. Of course. I left word for Iris to meet you here in my office. About this other matter, though. I'm sure lots of other girls go through a phase like this, Miss Ridgway. Iris is just a little mixed up. I'll say she's mixed up. Frank, please. I'm grateful to you, Mrs. Burt, for telling me all this. I know what it must have meant to you. How simple it would have been for you and your husband just to have canceled your engagement here in town. Then you'll help us? I think we can stretch our rules to comfort. Thank you. Okay, but if you want my advice, I think... Excuse me. Yes? May I come in, Miss Ridgway? Oh, Iris, come in. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Iris. You're feeling better now? 
Yes, I think so. I'm glad to hear that. I know how terribly disappointed you'd be not to be able to go to the theater on Friday to see your mother's and father's performance. Isn't it nice of Miss Ridgway, dear? She's going to let you bring your whole class to see us. Oh, Mother, how could you? They were all there that Friday. Miss Ridgway, Iris, and the girls in her class. Mother and Dad did their usual act, no changes. They were Burton McKinley, and this was it. Father did Burlington Birdie and fell in the drum, and Mother did her dance routine. And then they went into their finale. Wish I were back again with all the sweet and simple folks at home again. A Kokomo, Indiana. Well, if it isn't Pop, I am Mom, you always had the cutest grin. In Kokomo, Indiana. Just look at Rover Waggy's tail, guy. He remembers me. And get a load of Sister Grace. You can't see the freckle for the jam on her face. How would you like to go see that old Wabashful boat you used to know? In Kokomo, Indiana. Wouldn't you just as soon go out and spoon beneath the Hoosier moon? Oh, what a moon. For all of the many reasons that I've mentioned heretofore. My heart will always be in Kokomo. And of course, you know, the town of Kokomo will always be a geographically, indefinitely, indubitably, in Indiana. What do you think, Mert? I don't know. The rest of the audience seems to like it. Come on, let's take a bow. Weren't they grand, Mr. Gray? Oh, yes. You must be very proud of them, too, Iris. I... I am. The whole class thought Mother and Father were just as wonderful as I knew they were. And they told Iris so. But I was never sure of just what Iris' feelings were until June came. And Iris was up on the stage along with the other graduates. Bob Clarkson was in the audience. And, of course, Mother and Dad bursting with pride when Mrs. Ray announced. And now, it gives me great pleasure to present the highest honor student in our school of music, Miss Iris Burt. Look at Bob, Mommy. He shouldn't applaud so loudly, should he? I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of that young man from now on. He has a pleasure to get, has he? Does he have to? Ladies and gentlemen... I suppose I really ought to do a school song, but please, with your permission, I'd like to sing a song especially for my mother and father. What? A song they introduced in vaudeville many years ago. Hey, what's the matter with you? I can't help it, Tom. I'm so happy. You know how much I love you. You do. to me than you do. You take December and 
back again when you're away. Who has a charm that fairy you do? Who made life necessary? In private life, she's Mrs. Robert Clarkman. But then I'm sure you suspected that all along. As for me, well, I didn't take to the stage. I've been too busy at home. That and taking the children out to see their grandparents every Sunday. They're on the front porch now, as usual. Mother knitting. Daddy sound asleep with the funny papers in his lap. Frank? Frank? Hey, you better clean up, dear. The family will be out soon. Mm-hmm. Oh, where, where are my glasses? On your forehead, as mm-hmm. usual. Oh, uh, where is my pipe? Where you put it, dear. Anything else? Yep. What? Yes. Well, what do you know? them to the footlights for a bow. Dan Daly and Misty Gaynor. And you work just as smoothly together as you did in There's No Business Like Show Business. Except for one small detail, Irving. What is that? And There's No Business Like Show Business, I play Misty's father. <laughs> I prefer being her husband. <laughs> You're a little too late, Dan. Mitzi just acquired her husband. Our congratulations to him, Mitzi. Thank you, Irving. But that's the fun of show business. You can be a wife in one picture and a daughter in the next. Well, as long as you're always a luxe girl. Cast night where John Banks says Mikey, Janine Roos as Iris, Issa Ashdown as Mikey as a child, Johnny McGovern as Bob, Yvonne Tatey as Miss Ridgeway, Ruth Parrott as Grandma, and Jack Crucian, Charlotte Lawrence, Rhoda Williams, Sam Edwards, Gigi Pearson, Herb Butterfield, Mary Lou Harrington, Joe Forte, Edith Angol, George Neese, and Eddie Marr. Our radio play was adapted by S.H. Barnett, and our music was directed by Rudy Schrager. <laughs>